0: Our text uh, really is the culmination of everything that we have seen and heard and witnessed today, Blake's message included. It's uh, from Isaiah 61, among the latter parts of latter verses of of the whole book of Isaiah. I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display His glory. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. I just didn't know it was going to be on Lucas during the children's minute, and <laughs> I didn't know what uh, was. I don't know what's going to happen in this service. What the lights and the power, the power grid and the power sources will do or not do, we will press forward regardless of what happens. You know, there's one week left uh, in Christmas and no one could have expected or anticipated that event any more than we could anticipate or expect a power bump here on a Sunday morning. There's also one week left in shopping. For all of you who need a subtle nudge reminder, we want to continue to pray for retail owners and all of those who are working their way to different stops and shops along the way. I I ran across a story that I found quite intriguing about a man who was doing some last-minute Christmas shopping, and his wife was at home and uh, watching some television and the regular uh, programming was interrupted with some breaking news, and the reporter came on and said, uh, if you are on the I-5 interstate, be careful. There's someone driving in the wrong direction. Well, she knew her husband's route, you know, from the shops back to the house, so she called and said, hey, be very careful. There's someone driving the wrong direction on the interstate, and he said, honey, you're not gonna believe this, but there's more than one, there's hundreds of them driving the wrong direction. (laughs) For all of its beauty, for all of the mystery, the wonder, the magic of it all, the lights, the sights, the sounds, the silence, Advent is a challenging season, too. It's, it's challenging. It's as if one is going in the wrong direction, should seem normal. Well, as long as normal for the season means something like the Son of God being born in a cave and laid in a feeding trough or about as normal as a a teenager named Mary having a non-traditional pregnancy and a family dynamic, or about as normal as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords being a vulnerable, powerless infant who placed the religious and political systems on notice by shepherds and magi who followed a star in the sky. Advent and Christmas are not exactly conventional as conventional, that is, as we've made them. And sometimes I wonder if driving the wrong way along the interstates of our, our, our beliefs, our, our truths, our, our traditions would better suit this inbreaking of, of God's light into our lives. Isaiah speaks into this particular human condition and, and context, it's, an, it's a people in exile, as, as you know, who have studied the Bible, people who are cut off from their homeland and their families, from, from identity, from uh, religious moorings. And among these final verses of Isaiah, uh, God messages the people by announcing who will receive God's favor from God's Messiah. It is the oppressed, the lowly, the blind the imprisoned, the hungry, the impoverished, the least among us. And at this point, we should be saying, hold up, full stop. You mean it's not going to be the able or the capable, the conditioned, the learned, the privileged, the wealthy? And It may be, but the truth is that God's grace breaking into the world, it doesn't discriminate at all. and In fact, it incriminates all of us before healing us back to our true selves. That is, helping us find our way back home by driving the wrong way in these interstates of cultural and societal expectations. We like to get swept up and go with the flow, but Advent and Christmas, they challenge us to, to turn around. You know, Flannery O'Connor, she once wrote, all human nature vigorously resists grace because grace changes us and the change is painful. When the Spirit of the Lord and His grace falls upon the people of God, life changes. Jesus preached this sermon one time, you know. Actually, it was the the very first sermon that He ever preached according to Luke's gospel. Uh, He had been in the wilderness for 40 days, uh, duking it out with Satan about bread and, and power and kingdoms, and instead of finding some falafel and a warm bath, Jesus went to His home church and And he started preaching. He had something to say. Now, three simple rules for preaching that come from the world's best seminaries. One, do not preach on an empty stomach. Jesus did that. Two, do not preach emotionally wound up about something. Jesus did that. Three, do not preach anything controversial whatsoever for your very first sermon, which, well, Jesus did that too. So much for post-grad homiletics, right? Jesus stood up in his home church and he unrolled the great Isaiah scroll. He read from what we call chapter 61 as if he were this prophet high priest with the authority and the audacity to proclaim his mission on earth was to bring good news to the oppressed, not the privileged, to bind up the brokenhearted, not those who have everything figured out, to proclaim liberty to the captives, not those who are free from life's chains, to release those in prison, to comfort those who mourn, to adorn them with expensive oil and, and garlands and to call them the oaks of righteousness. When Jesus said these things were fulfilled in him, his friends, his family, they swept him up, They were taking him to a great cliff to lynch him, throw him off the cliff. They wanted him dead. He was going against the flow. God is trying to break into our habits and our routines, our expectations, our fears, to show us a better version of ourselves and the things about which God cares that God came to be one of us, Emmanuel, and that ought to comfort and convict us. We resist grace because grace changes us and grace is painful. We want uh, grace and its peace to be ours alone. That is, if if we can kind of control it and box it in and and decide who gets a place at the table and, and set the standards and check certain boxes, but Isaiah and Jesus... They had something different to say about the way God is working to break into these stories of ours, into these, these messy lives of ours, to upend what we expect from God and, and what God expects from, from us. And, and that truth, it should change us. It should hurt a bit. Like, oh, I don't know. Growing pains. Or appropriate to the season, labor pains. Advent is a season of waiting Expecting, preparing, and wondering when God will transform this world through Jesus Christ. Too often during the Advent season, we we become enamored with all that we, we believe or we assign as God's work. We confuse it with happiness that we can give to ourselves or happiness that we can provide to others. You know, uh, nothing wrong with giving gifts and gorging ourselves on baked goods and and candies. I'm I'm well along my pathway in that respect. Nothing wrong with sharing seasonal traditions or riding around uh, our neighborhoods to see you know, who is the best Clark W. Griswold impersonator at his house or her house. Uh, Christmas parades, pageantry, and, and, and before we know it, the challenge is we end up swept going in the direction of everything else, that, everything else that everyone else is telling us to do and to go, and to go this way and do this, and this is what Christmas is truly about. And it leads to fatigue, burnout, exhaustion, financial strains, arguments, at The home, and soon we find that we have prepared and expected and waited and wondered about the wrong kind of transformation. The reverse of Advent has happened, and we start going with the flow, not pushing against it like Jesus did on behalf of those who had no voice. Somehow, among these dazzling lights of the seasons, Even those which dance to radio stations somewhere behind the greenery and the candles and the mangers in the front yards, present alongside our roadways leading to Target and our favorite retail stores are the ones who suffer from injustices, who would give anything for the last bite of Chick-fil-A that we're about to throw away, those who are within earshot of Suffering, relational brokenness, abuse, internal wars, homelessness, and our our Christmas distractions win the day, speaking more loudly than Isaiah's call for God's transformation in the world. Where are the signs pointing us to the light of Christ breaking into this dark world? Do you believe that Christ continues to strive to be born in the mangers of our hearts, in the manger called the church and in different places throughout the community. Where are the places the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord's anointing, the Spirit of the Lord's peace are evident? Embrace Alabama Kids as a pointer sign to God's anointing and blessing in this world. On Christmas Day, Ken Austin will serve hot meals at the MAP Center to people in our community. And in that crowded room, where you can go and volunteer and serve. You can witness the spirit of the Lord's peace and the meaning of Christmas, and it drives against the grains of all that we have planned for ourselves for Christmas Day. Gift hope, rise against hunger, stockings for the homeless, all pointer signs to the spirit of the Lord anointing this place through us. The spirit of the Lord was present in our respite Christmas service here in the sanctuary on Thursday, sometimes Uh, Participants in our programs, they'll have a little trouble with word recall or, or names or even mobility. But boy, I tell you, when they recite the Lord's Prayer and take communion, it's in that hard drive. They know it. Well... Lucas and I were serving communion to everyone Thursday, and, and something happened I will never forget. There was an elderly member of our community and of our respite program who came forward for communi- communion. Uh, I said community, that's the same word. And, and they came forward, this community, for communion. All these different streams, and we're just serving left and right. And I could tell this, this one woman, we ask everyone to present their hands in the shape of a cross. I could tell she was having trouble. She might not be able to dip it in the chalice exactly like everyone else. So I did that for her. And I said, the body and blood of Christ, broken and given for you, taste and see, what's the rest of it? That God is good. And she said, oh yeah, it's really good. It is so good. That's, that's her response to Holy Communion. Isn't that beautiful? The Spirit of the Lord comes in all shapes and sizes, places and stations, through all sorts of contexts and characters, and and if lucky, through us too. On that Thursday, the Spirit of the Lord came through an elderly woman who reminded us all to look and listen, to taste and see that God is really good, so good. And we were blessed. This past Wednesday, uh, many of you watched... The live feed of the YAS Award Ceremony in New York City. What is the YAS Award? Well, it's an education based financial award by the YAS Foundation. It's $1 million granted to the school uh, with the most innovative, transformative work in its local community. Nationwide, 2,500 nominees. One school only was nominated from Montgomery, Alabama, and that's Valiant Cross Academy on Dexter Avenue, United Methodist Church. Our conference, the Alabama-West Florida Conference of the United Methodist Church, gifted that building to Valiant Cross three years ago as an action of annual conference so they could do transformative, life-giving, movement-starting work on Dexter Avenue once again. The dream would continue. Well, that pool was reduced to 33 semifinalists, From that nationwide competition, Valiant Cross Academy was awarded the prestigious award. As a result, they'll start taking steps forward to expanding the school, K through 5. Only eight years ago, Valiant Cross was an idea. It was a dream. It, It was a prayer. But the Spirit of the Lord anointed Fred and Anthony Brock, the faculty, the teachers, our entire city administrators to launch a school for young men who deserve a chance at changing their story and their family's story. And they won, y'all. They received the recognition we know they deserve. Hovering over Dexter Avenue is God's spirit, so if you ever wonder what it means for something in this world to be anointed by the Spirit of God, hey, I'll go down there with you. I'll let you see it in person. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place. The Spirit of the Lord is, is with Ken and with Hope Inspired and with Blake and Embrace, and it's the Spirit of the Lord's anointing is is with Valiant Cross. I'm so proud of the partnerships we have with these groups and and the way that we give ourselves to the power of God's peace in this world. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us to breathe life. The Spirit, it's a a respiration, a respiratory uh, kind of thing, right? Inhale faith and exhale fear. Inhale peace and exhale pride. We spiritually respirate life into our community to breathe the breath of heaven to be that breath of God's. I've often wondered if Isaiah were to hear a word from the Lord and if Jesus entered our sanctuary and wanted to preach this Isaiah text in today's world and unroll that scroll, if, I wonder what he would say, how he would contextualize this, this message of driving the wrong way on the interstate. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to take the finest wine and filet mignon and fresh vegetables to the ones hanging out around McDonald's begging for a Happy Meal. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to, to end these warming stations and figure out a way to have permanent housing for homeless, to tell the bank attendants and the janitors that the CEO is doing something radical and giving away stock options and bonuses this year to dismantle the systems of poverty that oppress the poor. The Spirit is upon me to forgive student debt, to free addicts from needles and bottles, to make sure that those with, with mental health challenges have access to the medications they need. The Spirit is upon us to forgive those who cannot forgive themselves or others, to remove the stains of shame and the chains of the past, to reconcile sinner and saint, to give dignity to those who are differently able, The Spirit of the Lord is upon us to show the world what true love from God looks like in action, to wipe away the tears from all who grieve on end, because the Spirit of the Lord has sent Jesus to bring recovery of sight to the blind, freedom to the oppressed, the overworked, the underappreciated, the lastly chosen, the, the unloved, the despised, the unseen, the overly proud, to all of us, even the parts of ourselves that are so small and we think are so big. The Spirit of the Lord is upon the people of God to bring good news. And then I wondered if if Jesus were to walk in and preach that from this pulpit or from, from the center there, if he would sit down and the eyes of the whole congregation were fixed and no one moved, not a child, there were no butterscotches being unwrapped in that moment, just dead calm because something new is being born a new way of hearing, of seeing, of doing, of being, driving that inner state of life by going a different way this year. And then I think he would say, what are you waiting for? Get to work. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us all to bring peace into this world. Friends, in just a few days, we will celebrate Christmas, God's grand entrance into our human story through Mary, the very one from whom Jesus took his cues, his mother, after whom Jesus modeled his mission. Mary, my soul magnifies the Lord. Let it be. Let it be with me according to your will. And she breathed. She breathed in a breath of heaven. She breathed it out into existence. We set our sights on the holy birth. Because the breath of heaven is different. We should be too. Amen. I am with upon you to breathe peace into this world.